1: You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com.
3: I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible wounds. I want to take my brain out, blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve!
4: It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay, and also Cody Gilmer from uh, IndieGhost. Check them out at Indie Ghost Band on Twitter. Or on Spotify, you can listen to them. Uh, this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you got a question, you're embarrassed, to take your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347 4323 That's 347 poohead. head uh, visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weird medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show. Without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, rock star. Uh, a registered dietitian or whatever. All right, very good. So don't forget to check out uh, stuff.drsteve.com. The holidays are coming up for all your shopping needs. Stuff.drsteve.com. You can just click through at the top uh, to go to uh, Amazon, or you can um, uh, scroll down and look at all the different products that we've talked about on the show that we've either recommend or that we've tried or we've talked about. Also, uh, tweakedaudio.com makes the best stocking stuffers uh, and excellent Hanukkah gifts. Um, tweakedaudio.com, the best earbuds for the price on the market and the best customer service anywhere. Use offer code FLUID for 33% off. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. And if you want to get to your ideal body weight, as I have, for the first time since college and I'm keeping it off do noom.drsteve.com it's N-O-O-M November Oscar Oscar Mike dot com. and if you do that if you want to try it you can try it for two weeks and you get most of the program in those two weeks I mean most feel of the program what you don't get is your group and your group counselor but you get a feel for it and um, if you decide to do it it's just a three-month program, and you get 20% off. So it's a really good deal. Noom.drsteve.com. I cannot recommend this highly enough. It worked for me. Now, I've had some people say, eh, I just, you know, it wasn't for me. And that's fine. You get to try it for free. So there's no uh, risk in that regard. So um, give it a try. Noom.drsteve.com. If you know anybody that needs it, that doesn't listen to this show, turn them on to it. You know, 20% off and two weeks free, you can't beat it. Uh, If you're lazy and you want to do your Noom and know how many calories you're eating, uh, try Freshly. They deliver fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy. I love the uh, cauliflower shell bolognese. It sounds horrendous. I know if you're not used to this. But I can't tell that that's not pasta except that it doesn't kill my stomach like pasta does. And it doesn't spike my blood pressure or my blood sugar and all that stuff. So a little just a modicum of um, of uh, sour cream on there. And it's awesome. And the steak is really good and uh you know it's microwaved so you know lower your expectations some in that regard but there's a lot more food in this than there is in say something like a lean cuisine or something and uh it's i think it's less processed and it's better for you uh, you can use my link to get 6 dinners for $39 for 2 weeks that's 20 bucks off each week give it a try and let me know what you think that's freshly com and then if you want archives of the show go to premium.drsteve.com use the offer code fluid and get half off it's just a buck 99 a month at the worst and uh, or you can go to drsteve.com and look around there's a link where you can pay 30 bucks and get our uh, you know a um, um uh, you know, a thumb drive with uh, 16 gigs of every podcast that we've ever done since we started at Ryancast. so check that out as well All right. Well, welcome back, Cody, from your triumphant um, uh, Southeastern tour. I understand you guys are applying to uh, South by Southwest.
3: Yeah, I just found that out today, actually. So what
4: do you have to do to apply to be on South by Southwest, Uh, which would
3: be awesome, by the way. I think you guys would kill. I think we would do really well as well. I, I have no idea. Literally came straight from work, and I happened to glance over the message from our Singer being the one applying for it. So I will find out very shortly. All right.
4: Listen, there's a couple of things that this is what, look, I don't ask our listeners to do a whole lot of things other than go to like stuff.drsteve.com and things like that. But for something like one one year, P.A. John was in a beer competition and I put out a tweet, hey, help P.A. John win. You can use your cell phone, call this number and you can do up to 10 votes. And he apparently won by a margin larger than the number of people at the actual...
5: Um, the attendees. Yeah, the attendees, the attendees at the festival. <laughs> That's and they awesome. knew
4: some shit was up, but, you know, they didn't know what, mm-hmm. because they didn't know who P.A. John was. No, well, nobody knows who he is, but mm-hmm. a, there's a small cadre of people um, who know, and they were came right to uh, uh, help us out, so... And that was awesome. It was it I'm was you
3: are dedicated listener. It was awesome. so
4: much fun, and he and I were just laughing, and um, I felt like a hero because I got to help out my buddy win this thing. I think he would have won anyway, um, because he you know, but a, because he's won a bunch since then. So, but it was just fun to see him win by that many. But Hello. anyway, uh, I would like to see our listeners, uh, if you don't mind, just get on your Twitter right now. And tweet to SXSW. It's at SXSW, uh, and let's um, and just say that you'd like for at Indie Ghost Band to uh, play at Southwest South by Southwest this year. They don't ha- they don't have to know that you're in, you know, England or Czech Czech Republic listening to this, and have no intention of going to South by Southwest. <laughs> Just let's spam them and see what Hell happens. Yeah. Y'all are the shit. Now, y'all don't know Cody very well, but I know Cody very well. And it, he, you will come to appreciate him like I do. And I'll tell you why I like having him on the show right now as a sort of a new person that's coming on a more regular basis, because he's a fucking hypochondriac. Uh, I tend to be. And uh, that's for a medical show. It gives us something to talk about. So what have we got this week?
3: Um, well, I don't know if this is a hypochondria moment because I definitely have. It tendonitis. really, really does hurt. It yeah. does, and it will not go away. <laughs> right, right, right. I keep getting it to start to feel a little bit better, Give and yourself a bill, and then immediately it goes right back to the same old bunch of bullshit.
4: Okay, well, nobody can see what you're pointing at because you're on the radio. So
3: tell oh, us. Oh, did what I happened. not say tendinitis? Well, I don't know. Tendinitis. Well, you've got in lots my, of tendons uh, in here. Like body. right, right below my elbow. There I don't you know. Go. Would that be considered my elbow? Like right in here? Yeah, it's sure. cuz it's I'll let someone who's a medical professional Mm -hmm. describe on where I'm talking about. Okay, so. I know my elbow's
4: here, but. The elbow is the joint between mm -hmm. the forearm and the arm itself.
3: So what would be, I guess it'd be
4: in my forearm. You're on the lateral aspect, in other words, the outside part. So you've got lateral and medial. Medial is inside toward the body. Oh, okay. And lateral would be outside away from the body. So a lateral. And and it's right under the place where the little bony prominence is in the elbow. Mm -hmm. Right here. Like if 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 you could put screws in there, that'd be like the Frankenstein joint. Yeah. So right below that. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, take it. I know yeah. exactly what you got.
5: Yeah, but in, in what he's got, it's interesting. though, what what really kind of nailed down the, the diagnosis is he's got one of those typical black elbow braces, right? That that we typically give to people that that have a thing called lateral epicondylitis, right? Okay. And you've also he's also wearing a wrist brace with metal with metal um plates in it to to um, keep his wrist from rolling back and forth right. and keep him from moving his wrist. So what you've got is a pretty classic lateral epicondylitis, which, AKA, is, which is also known as tennis elbow. There you okay. go. Oh,
3: okay. Yep. Give yourself a yep. bill!
5: I knew tennis yep. elbow. Yep. Not to be confused with uh, medial epicondylitis with the golfer's elbow. Okay. Oh, so and there is a difference. There's the golfer's elbows on the. Give inside, yourself yeah. a bill! And what that now, the reason you've got the lateral epicondyle. He line gets up, one of those anytime yeah. he says something correct. because yeah, it, it's so infrequent. It's pretty <laughs> infrequent, but um, what's what you've got? It's an overuse injury, and, and it's a repetitive use injury. What, what's happening is your the radius. Is in in your in your lower arm your distal arm is rotating over the ulna. So the radius you can find by it's the, the the little bone on the thumb side. That's how you can remember. Okay. But what happens is it's rolling over the ulna, which is a little bit larger bone in your lower arm. Mm-hmm. And there's some ligaments and tendons where you're poking there. And almost everybody, if, if, you'll, if you'll walk your fingers up your arm and, and, and bend your elbow, you can follow, follow the crease in your elbow over to a really wow. sensitive spot where those ligaments and tendons attach. And that's what happens when the muscles start to pull and when they pull you get some tension spots in there and that's just what that is yeah. mm-hmm. so it's the epicondyle the epicondyle of that bone which is just where those the that's ligaments that. and tendons right. attach yep and and it's like a hind, and it's, the hinge and it's it's a hinge part it's a hinge joint um and what the reason the the brace on your wrist actually helps is cuz what it stopped is that rotation of your wrist and rotating the uh the wrist so it's not rotating your elbow so a couple things i tell people all the time Anytime you pick anything up and you've got a tendonitis in your elbow, don't pick up anything with your thumb pointed in, or as we say medially. in other words the palm of your hand down and the upper part of your hand facing up. Because when you do that, all of that load goes on your elbow. Okay. So let's like, think about a backhanded yeah, tennis. Yeah, yeah, just thing. Same yeah. thing. So yeah. none, of, none of this. Yeah, so we're doing that. So anytime you're doing this, backhand in tennis um, is a really difficult stressor because all the load goes right there. So if you'll tum- your, turn your hand where your thumb is pointing up, like you're giving somebody a thumbs up, now what you're doing is all of the load is going to your bicep and takes the tension off your elbow. Give yourself a feel. So, so when, you're, when, you're, like when you're at work and you're flipping things <laughs> or chopping things or whatever, if you can just kind of keep your elbow down to your side mm-hmm. and keep your thumb up, that'll take away some of the pain. That's super uh, handy. And and then when you're jumping around the the um, stage and doing crazy stuff with the guitar. Just Does it start... hurt when you're playing? Yeah. Uh, that's what's interesting, not all the time, it but uh, if, if, tensing, you're a keyboard, if, if you're tensing a keyboard, if you're
4: been banging on a keyboard, it, it could a problem.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, it, it didn't hurt a few practices, but I got to one show, and about three-quarters of the way through, mm-hmm. I was about done with the show, because yeah. it was
5: extremely yeah. painful well and part of that dr steve is most likely what he's got now is you'll when you when you're playing guitar if you get your 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 elbow kind of fanned out and then your wrist tucked in mm-hmm. to play that's just too much tension if you'll get if you'll relax the elbow some and try to keep your wrist kind of flat while you're playing that's awesome it'll, it'll take it's just a positional thing and that makes a lot of we, sense we see a lot now the tennis elbow brace mm-hmm. at
4: Puts a different fulcrum on there. Hmm. Okay, so what that's supposed to do? It should be tight enough so that's putting com- compression on that tendon. So now, when you when you flex those muscles, the tension will go to the part of that band that is you know the farthest down the arm. Hmm. Yeah, the band actually acts as a ligament or tendon now. Right, and so <laughs> it's it's basically uh, protecting the ligament um, that is um, or the tendon that is. Um, uh, injured, and it's creating a fulcrum so that so that all the pressure is going to the end of that band. Now, um, sometimes that's right all you that need time. to do.
3: Mm-hmm. Sometimes
4: hey. that's all you need to do. But if if it doesn't work, of course, always ice. I've been icing the hell out of it. And when it's I say so ice, nice. you know, cold compresses, ice, ice, you don't want to baby. put ice
3: directly on it. But what would happen if I put ice directly on it? Well,
4: you can get you burn. Can, you can get freezer burn if it, yeah. you know, because How remember, long? ice can be below thirty-two degrees. Mm-hmm. Right? It can be infinitely cold. Oh yeah. Well, I've been I've been putting ice directly on it for. Okay, Quite a well. uh, so just do this, though. Um, uh, get a, You know, uh, we like frozen peas. If you're not just going to go out and buy a cold mm-hmm. pack, frozen peas and uh, wrap that in like a paper towel and put that on there so that there's a little bit of uh, thermal insulation okay. and the cold, it doesn't get so cold. And then... Um, uh, then you can just throw those peas back in the freezer when they warm up, and just don't use them to eat once they've been frozen and refrozen. Yeah, they yeah, suck. Yeah. But yeah. you know, a bag of peas costs thirty nine cents. Mm-hmm. And then um, if none of this this works, where you're taking the the pressure off of it, and you're using the brace, and you're icing it, and taking maybe, um, but you have rectal bleeding though, right? Yeah. Is that you. So you you don't want to be taking a lot of ibuprofen. No. Uh, so anti inflammatory is not the greatest idea for you, but at least orally. Yeah. What I could do is inject that sucker, and we could do that live on the show sometime, and we will get Scott to videotape. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, that sounds fun. Well, yeah,
4: and I-, I can make the pain completely go away within about thirty seconds because you know you know what a tracer bullet is, right? Yeah. Okay, so why do you put tracers in a in a in like a machine gun? See the trajectory. You're right. So uh, particularly at night, but you can, at day, you can see where the hell you're shooting, right? Yeah. So it's like every 10th bullet or something like that is how, you, you know, and uh, so what it really is is just confirming that your aim is right. Okay. Yeah. So think of it that way. So when we do a, um, a cortisone injection, we'll add a short acting and I always add a long acting anesthetic as well. And when I do that, yeah, it makes it feel better right away. But what I'm really doing is making sure that the cortisone is going in the right place. So it's acting like a tracer bullet. When I shoot up your elbow with this stuff and you go, oh, the pain's totally gone afterward, then I know I put the cortisone in the right place. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always just put, because I'm a... You know, I, I, I deal with chronic pain. I put the real long-acting anesthetic in there just to give people some relief for mm-hmm. a little while. Uh, can we please do this? Because yeah. I've literally been dealing with this for like three months. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I may even have the stuff. So we'll see. But, um, Hell, yeah. If like, not, I'm what excited. you could do is come to my office. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be – well, anyway, we'll talk about it. But, yeah, we could do it. But I wouldn't mind. I'd love to do it on the show.
5: That would be easy. And, yeah. and the other thing is if you, if you if you don't – if you've had a round of steroids and it helped for a short period of time and then mm-hmm. it kind of comes back, that's kind of when people tend to come see me. And we actually do the acupuncture in the, uh, in the elbow, in the forearm and the upper arm, just to take the tension off of the elbow. Off of, off Can of you the uh, stop bullshitting? Hey. But real quickly, the last thing, Dr. Steve, I'll tell you, what well, a lot of people I see Cody do is they wear that the elbow brace too low, and he's right. It takes the t- tension off the tendon, but if you don't wear it up high enough, I mean, right. I'm talking about right in the crease, it doesn't stop that ro- the, the rotation see, that's of the something. Yeah, that's something I was really questioning about, because honestly, yeah, they just I haven't had, them, had it. They just, them, they just hand them to you. Yeah, you know? and you just slap it on there. you just slap it on. You want that as high, in your, and, your, and it goes up right in that elbow crease. Right in And the it'll crease? stop the ro- Almost to the crease, yep. Okay. Yeah. You so, like, want right the, here? You want the upper part of the brace at the base of the crease. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. so you I want see to just the, kind of right the yeah, other right there. I
4: see these people with humeral fractures, yeah. you know, like if they're not going to fix it for whatever reason. Oh, and yeah, I that's talk where about a humeral, pain's humeral. Right. Oh, boy. Right. right. When I talk about a humeral fracture, I'm talking about the, the long bone of the arm, not the forearm. Mm-hmm. And up at the shoulder, you can break that. Yep. You know, and, it's you know, you get this humeral fracture and they they will give people a thing called a sling and swath. It's a sling. But then the swath goes all the way around your body. And what it's supposed to do is hold that arm immobile against your chest. So you cannot move it. Right. So and I just see people and they just throw them at them and they don't know mm-hmm. how to do it. No. They just take that big piece of fabric and throw it away, and they just got
3: a sling, and they're just moving their arm <laughs> around. It doesn't do anything. Well, I kind of felt that way with this brace specifically because uh, I I knew I wasn't. I'm actually glad you answered that because I had I knew I wasn't putting it on correctly, mm-hmm. but I've been just shooting in the dark essentially, of course, trying to figure it out. Of course, well, everybody so, uh, is. Yep. Hell yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm excited. So, now. Okay,
5: we'll do that. Yeah, it's we can get you feeling and, better. Yeah, that it's steroid, a little long acting thing will make it feel much better quick. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds very yeah. pleasant. Well, I'm all about go. it all right um
4: that okay so at indie ghost band i n d i g h o s t band not uh, it's, it's 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 there's no e in there it's Indie ghost right indie ghost band
3: wait in uh, an e in what there's an e there's an e in the
4: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's no the in your Twitter handle. It's just
3: Indie Ghost Band. Uh, let me double check. I'm oh, pretty sure. Fucks. I'm going to double check. I can find that out real quick. But okay, I don't want but... to. I don't want to steer people wrong here. Nope. Ind. I'm. I'm doing it. Right now. I don't. I don't even have a Twitter. I just use the IndieGhost Twitter. Which no, Indie I'm...
4: Ghost Band. It's there's no the. Give me a minute. That's yep. You.
3: It is just
4: IndieGhost. Ghost. Right. <laughs> but it's not I N D I E Ghost. It's indie with an I, ghost band, all one word. Indie ghost band. I'll, I'll As send usual, a... Dr. Steve is correct. <laughs> so, there you go. Give <laughs> yourself a bill! You're learning. Um, I will, um, I'll, I'll tweet that out at the end of the show today, and we'll get that shit going. Hell yeah, spam the hell out of them. All all I right? appreciate you guys. And uh, you never know. But, um, all right. Uh, anything else? We got anything else? Is that it? Yeah, Scott, yeah. you
5: got anything? No, I think it's good.
4: Okay. All right. Let me get the, some. Uh, let's do some questions then.
5: Number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All
4: right. Sounds good. Let's see here. Well.
3: Hey, Doctor Steve. Hope you're doing well. And got the uh, real estate MLS listings I sent you. I uh, just finishing up updating the Ebola map. I had a uh, Ebola patient today at Washington D.C.
4: Okay. So. Um, this is our uh, buddy uh, from the Ebola map. Um, it's, I think it's just EbolaMap.com. Check that out, Scott. See sure. what, his, what sure. his thing is. And he loves to f- talk about Ebola. But the reason I played this was not because there was a patient in Washington, D.C., if there was. I mean, he said there was. I mean, who am I to say there wasn't? Uh, but this is from October 18th from the World Health Organization. Not some fly-by-night BS organization, but, in fact, the World Health Organization. And the, um, uh, the title is Major Milestone for WHO-Supported Ebola Vaccine. All right. The World Health Organization welcomes the European Medicines Agency announcement recommending a conditional marketing author- authorization for the RVSV hyphen Z-E-B-O-V hyphen GP vaccine, which has been shown to be effective in protecting people from the Ebola virus. Today's announcement by the EMA. Why? Why is Europe? Up front on this. Why aren't we? The European agency responsible for the scientific evaluation of medicines developed by pharmaceutical companies is a key step before the European Commission decision on licensing. In parallel, WHO, that's the World Health Organization, will move toward prequalification of the vaccine. The conditional authorization of the world's first Ebola vaccine is a triumph for public health and a testimony to the unprecedented collaboration between scores of experts worldwide, said Dr. Tedros Adhanoum, the WHO director general. Try to pronounce this. G-H-E-B-R-E-Y-E-S-U-S. Ghebreyesus. Ghebreyesus. Okay, Ghebreyesus. I'll say that. It's probably Smith. But, you know, it's all... Did you know that you can spell fish, G-H-O-T-I? Wait, what? Yes. So this was uh, George Bernard Shaw was showing how ridiculous English is. And he showed how you could spell fish, G-H-O-T-I. So you're using the G-H from enough. That's... (laughs) sound Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. the o from women Hmm. and the ti from like nation Hmm.
3: so g-h-o-t-i fish what the hell (laughs) that's i I still i'm never gonna get that well sure okay no i get it but i'm not gonna get it (laughs) (laughs) yep that's why you're here my brother (laughs) indeed it's just an endless okay anyway (laughs) um lord
4: Never-ending supply of uh, goodness with Cody here for a while. Okay, uh, let's see here. In the past five years, WHO has convened experts to review the evidence on various Ebola vaccine candidates, informed policy recommendations, and mobilized a multilateral coalition to accelerate clinical valuations. Now, you know, when they do something like this, yeah, okay, we got an Ebola vaccine, that's cool. Well, what about the next virus? Well, the neat thing is that now they have an accelerated mechanism for developing the next vaccine that we need for some damn thing. You know, if if these um, the sky is falling, uh, infectious disease predictions about the glaciers melting where we're going to have these hundred thousand year old viruses that the earth hasn't seen that are going to you know, come back, um, which, by the way, is pretty unlikely because most viruses that we know won't live five minutes outside a host. You know, mm-hmm. but say there is some crazy super virus, uh, we should have a mechanism at least for convening all these people, and you know, vaccine research ain't exactly rocket science. I mean, you're looking at making antibodies to proteins on the on the virus itself. So you just got to identify the virus proteins that we can create in the lab that will prevent infection. That that last part is the is the trick. And um, once you do that, you basically have a vaccine. So. Uh, Let me see. The randomized trial for the vaccine began during the West Africa Ebola outbreak in 2015 when no other organization was positioned to run a trial in Guinea during the complex emergency. The government of Guinea and the WHO took the unusual step to lead the trial. Good for them. Hmm. A global coalition of funders and researchers provided the critical support required. Funders included Canadian government, um, the Norwegian ministry, the U.K. government. Where the hell is the United States in this?
3: Hmm. Behind
4: yeah. Well, I'm a little I'm a little disappointed by that. The trial was successfully run using an innovative ring vaccine design. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, there's eight vaccines undergoing clinical evaluation. Okay, we may hopefully we're working on one of the other ones that's going to even be better than this. But you know. Uh, the announcement will not have an immediate effect on how the vaccine is accessed or administered in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. As licensing has not yet occurred, and licensed doses will only be available in mid 2020. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, in the current Ebola outbreak in the Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo, more than two uh, God, two hundred thirty six thousand people have been vaccinated. Oh, hmm. donated by Merck. Now let's look and see if Merck is an American company. Maybe we're doing something right, including more than 60,000 health and frontline workers in that country, in also Uganda, South Sudan, Rwanda, and Burundi. This vaccine has already saved many lives in the current Ebola outbreak. Wouldn't it be nice if um, this uh, Ebola would just become a thing where people get it? And it'd be great if the vaccine, um, you know, if you're in an endemic area, or an area where it can become an epidemic that they just vaccinate everybody just like we do small or we used to do smallpox we still do polio and uh it would be really great if it's fast acting so that you can go in to an outbreak and just vaccinate everybody around the person that's uh that is um suffering from the illness because that's how we got smallpox we didn't Vaccinate everybody in the world to eradicate smallpox. What we did was uh, we went wherever there was a smallpox case and vaccinated everybody around them and The vaccine was so rapid acting that the virus stopped right there. The other good thing about smallpox is there's no asymptomatic carriers, okay so if you 've got someone that is carrying the disease and giving it to people like Typhoid Mary but doesn't have uh symptoms that screws everything up because you can't you don't know who they are. Mm. So you need a disease that doesn't have any people that can give it without having symptoms uh, at least not for long and Ebola is one of those diseases. That, as far as we know, there aren't asymptomatic carriers walking around. So there's no way to Pe- know. No, so there is a way to know. So there there are not asymptomatic carriers meaning there's not people who are showing no outward sign of disease just walking around giving it to all kinds of random people. Now they may in the beginning before they show symptoms, yeah, the first but it's a hours short, or short period yeah. of time.
3: For for yeah. a simple guy over here can what is what is yeah. Ebola virus? <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's a gnarly.
3: Give
4: yourself a bill.
3: OK, so e- I'm getting it confused with something else. No,
4: Ebola is this hemorrhagic fever virus that, you know, first emerged on the continent of Africa and uh, is, you know, kills a, a large percentage of people that get it. It's nowhere near 100 mm-hmm. percent, but it's large.
0: or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com.
2: You can host the best backyard barbecue. You find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
5: On June 14th, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2.
2: It's time to greet your Team
3: Riley. It's hanging!
1: Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust.
3: Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the
1: house. Oh, no. Oh. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions.
5: Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2.
1: There's a part two. We're going.
5: Ready PG. Parental guidance
4: suggested. Only beers June 14th. Get tickets now. Um, let's ask A L E X A, except I changed her name. Echo, what's the mortality rate from Ebola?
2: Here's something I found from the article Ebola virus disease on Wikipedia. Mm. Ebola has a high mortality rate among primates. Did that answer your question?
4: <laughs> well, <be>. kind of. <laughs>
5: no, not really. Okay, let me see Thanks more. Thanks for your feedback. So the, the one the one thing about the one thing about Ebola, which is which is kind of unique, is it kills so quickly that it doesn't spread kind of like the
4: death rate oh well shoot i was wrong I, I was thinking that that its death rate had been uh over um had been um exaggerated but it's about 90 percent so and it's a member of this filovirus uh family and they're real long sort of s- s-
5: weird looking viruses you know um and um what were you going to say, sorry? No, I was just saying that the, the, the one thing about the Ebola virus, which is different from a flu virus, you know, flu virus is passed on from person to person because it kind of has a long incubation period. So right. It's easy to share, but Ebola blows up fast and kills fast. So it tends to kill in groups, you know, a very yep. Close and proximity, and you're spewing Super out rapid. Yeah, all kinds really,
3: of yeah. fluids that really are um,
5: this you is know, not
0: infectious. What yeah. Okay, For I'm getting something
3: you know. confused with. Oh, is, what, is it? Is it? What, what is are is you confusing one? it with? This I have herpes. To hear. Yeah, you're <laughs> gonna laugh. Uh, is it? Is it Zika virus? Oh, Zika. Zika. Yeah, Zika, Zika. Zika. Zika virus. That's the one I was getting confused yeah. with. Yeah. Okay. So Z- it
5: similar, but not really. No.
4: I mean, Zika is just another new virus that we didn't know about until a while ago. And that's the one that if pregnant women get it, yeah, that's the one. Then the babies are born with little tiny heads. So. Yeah, and this one.
5: Does, you oh, know. I didn't
3: know it was a it, uh, mosquito. I knew it affected pregnant women, yeah. but I did not know tiny heads. Yeah, yeah it gives yeah. them. It's a mosquito-borne do,
5: illness, and yeah, it makes the heads literally are, are profoundly small. Tropical areas. Yeah. Do you, stuff, uh,
3: yeah. are the infants still born or survive? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, do they have tiny heads?
4: Yeah, well, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how their development is. The, I would think it's
3: not devel- good. Yeah, yeah it can't be that good. They're
5: developmentally challenged. Okay, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Yeah. There should uh, let's see, yeah. Zika pretty, babies, pretty difficult thing.
4: Let's see what it says. Developmental delays persist in Brazil. Zika babies
3: grow up. Yeah, yeah. the um, let's see here. I'm going to have to do some virus research because... Well, this that's is what you a, have us for. Exactly. You know
4: okay, a new study published Wednesday in the New England Journal of Medicine pro- reports that a group of Zika babies from Brazil who are being followed to assess their progress, 14%, had severe developmental problems. So it's only 14%. They said this was higher than they had suggested previously. Hmm. These children scored unusually low scores on testing of their cognition, motor, or language skills, or they had visual or hearing impairment. And... Um, yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Testing was done the second year of life for these young children between the ages of twelve and eighteen months. And of the total, ninety-four of the children underwent imaging. Uh okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Six of the children had microcephaly, so and were so profoundly impacted that in essence the uh the psychological testing could not be conducted. So So it doesn't affect everybody hmm. okay. the same way. But uh, yeah, so Ebola uh, it, and Scott's right. That's why we haven't had this sort of worldwide pandemic that everybody thought, because it's really easy to give it to people mm-hmm. uh, because of just the huge amounts of fluids that are infectious, including semen is infectious for longer. You know, you can get over the illness and still have um, the filovirus in your semen. And and uh, there have been some cases of suspected transmission that way. But um, there are um uh it it kills people so fast that it tends not to spread like you would think it would. You know, like those okay. the, in the science fiction off. movies where you see the, the 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 pathogen, you know, working its way across yeah. the globe, it just doesn't right. do that. It mm-hmm. kind of cuts
3: itself off.
4: Yeah. Well, let me um this is my kid calling. Let's see Uh-oh. here. Beck, you're on weird medicine. Awesome. Can you take me to guitar practice? to guitar at what time? Uh, 5:30? Yes. Yeah. I certainly can, my friend. <laughs> okay. But I cannot pick you up because I have a board meeting. Your mother'll have to pick you up.
5: <laughs>
4: okay, that's fine. Okay, listen to the voice on this kid. <laughs> He's got Dude, it. we got to get you into radio. He's got it. He's got the voice. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Do you have anything to say to your loyal fans? No. Yeah, that's the problem. All right. See you you later, buddy. That's the issue with the whole radio thing. All right. No, no, no. At least he knows. Yeah, so this vaccine's very exciting. It would be interesting to see if we can do that sort of uh, treat the cases and treat the people around the cases. all depends on how quickly this vaccine works. So... If I shit on you and then 12 hours later they come and vaccinate you, mm-hmm. will it protect you? If it doesn't, then that, that technique isn't going to work. What they're going to, they could maybe go out to the community. But it won't protect the people in the family and it won't okay. stop the virus so in that case the the better strategy is generally going to be to just vaccinate everybody in areas where this is an issue mm-hmm. and the, and we probably can't eradicate it. This is the other issue with this vaccine uh, smallpox, the um, uh, only reservoir that we knew of were humans in ebola there's probably an animal reservoir somewhere until we figure out where this stuff hides between outbreaks mm-hmm. bats you know wild mm-hmm. pigs who knows it's mm-hmm. hiding somewhere until we find that out and vaccinate them we won't be able to get rid of it uh, you know in this country people generally don't die of rabies but there's still rabies around we still got to vaccinate our dogs right. because foxes and
3: bats We'll still pass the virus around. All right? This is uh, this is so over my head, but I am fascinated. Well, that's why we want you here, because seriously, if... Well, now that's my other... I don't case. even know no, this. No, this actually
4: helps. <laughs> it,
5: you know, it helps us no, to it help helps break, us break, break to it down. Know. Yeah, it helps us to break it down.
4: Liam, yeah. you're on Weird Medicine.
3: <clears throat>
4: What's that? I will certainly do so. Thank you. Do you want to say something to your loyal fans on the radio? No. (laughs) There you go. Runs in the family. Okay, see you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Liam used to be on on this show all the time. Yes. Before he grew up. Yeah, he did a thing with Eastside Dave where um, they got in this sort of wrestling argument back and forth. You know, know, hey, shut up, McDonald. You know, I'm... And uh, Eastside Dave took it too far. And um, if, if you're interested, go back. Go to drsteve.com. You know, you'll have to have a, a season pass. It's buck ninety nine. You go to premium.drsteve.com. You can get one. Use offer code FLUID. It's a buck. And then go back. I think it's like uh, episode number 10, but it's Liam versus Eastside Dave. And the whole saga is on there. So anyway, Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. It was pretty entertaining until Dave went too far, <laughs> which mm-hmm. Dave is wont to do, but that's fine. That's why we love him. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Um,
3: I'm, like, scared of viruses now. Hey, Dr. Steve. My name's Mike. Uh, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old that was diagnosed with autism, and people keep sending me this link that's going around about a uh, three-year-old. Uh, autistic child that his parents treated him with some CBD oil um, or CBD oil gummies I believe and he started to talk in two days you know this magic wonderful weird you know super drug supposedly um, actually went on PubMed and there seems to be a lot of research between ASD and uh, CBD oil but it's a little hard to wade through just wanted your opinions on it. Yeah so um,
4: yeah autism's very tough illness for the kid and for the family in a lot of cases and uh, you know there's a whole spectrum of autism some kids are very high functioning some not and uh, people are desperate for uh, an answer that's why the vaccine thing happened because people really were saying wow you know we could prevent this from happening there's the side that we want to blame somebody too but really I think that the, uh, the honest brokers in that that got caught up in it. Really, we're looking for a simple way that we could prevent this from happening to our kids. And if it were just mercury and vaccines, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd just get rid of it and that'd be the end of it. We wouldn't have this problem anymore. Of course, it's proved to be infinitely more complex than that. And uh, this kind of evidence is called what? Now, see, this is what we're going to see over the next few months if Cody actually pays attention to this stuff. So, this is um Scott knows it's the worst kind of evidence. What is it Scott? Anecdotal. Anecdotal evidence. That's exactly right.
3: Give yourself a bill.
4: So anecdotal evidence Here's is a, just where you say right yeah. it's where I say well this worked for me. You know, I don't even doubt the veracity of these people's claim that they gave their kids CBD oil and within a few days he, he or she started to get better. You could explain that a million different ways that they're looking at him differently or the C B D actually he had some sort of cana cannabidiol defect and right. that they're replacing. Uh it'd be really interesting if they didn't give it to him. Does he get worse or did he just was it a cure, you know? Um or was he or she gonna get better anyway? on Tuesday, and they just started giving the CBD oil on Sunday, you right. know, those kinds of things. You just don't know. And that's the problem with anecdotal evidence. It's not generalizable. You can't say, well, because it worked for me, it's going to work for everybody else. Because CBD oil wasn't just invented yesterday. And we, I r- firmly believe that if it was a um, a dramatic or a medication that would dramatically rewire these kids' brains for the better, that we would know it already. But let's just say we don't. Nobody's ever thought to do it before. Well, that's when we go to the medical literature. And the medical literature, I did a search, and I searched for cannabidiol and autism, and there were only 14 articles that I could find. And uh, the one that I found that's the most recent that was Something that we're looking for in in quality evidence was this one from Frontiers in Pharmacology. Oral cannabidiol use in children with autism spectrum disorder to treat related symptoms and comorbidities. Okay. So here's the abstract. Children with autism spectrum disorder commonly exhibit comorbid symptoms such as aggression, hyperactivity, and anxiety. Several studies are being conducted worldwide on cannabidiol use in... Uh, ASD, we'll just call it ASD from now on, Autism uh, Spectrum spectrum Disorder. However, these studies are still ongoing, and data on the effects of its use is very limited. So in this study, they're not even looking to try to, quote-unquote, cure autism. They're just using it to treat secondary symptoms. But if it's a cure, they should go, well, hell, we did this, and look at these kids. Now, all of a sudden, they're Mm high-functioning, right? In this study, we aim to report the experience of parents who administer under supervision oral cannabidi- cannabinoids to their children with ASD. So um, this is not a double-blind placebo-controlled study. So already we can't make generalizable mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, claims yeah. about this. Yeah. Okay, so Cody, the double blind placebo controlled studies where you give one group the medicine, another group an, an identical medicine that has no effect that we know of. I
3: actually do know what a double blind
4: okay, is. Okay, all right. Well, Crazy, right yeah. enough. Well, <laughs> then, well, ain't you something then? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I don't have to explain that, and our listeners certainly know what it is. So it says, um, Uh, Children, parents of children with ASD were instructed by a nurse practitioner how to administer oral drops of cannabidiol oil. Information on comorbid symptoms and safety was prospectively recorded biweekly. So this is at least a prospective study, not a retrospective study. They do the intervention and then they follow them forward into uh, into the new present. And uh, they were prospectively recorded biweekly during follow-up interviews. An independent group of specialists analyzed these data for changes in ASD symptoms and drug safety. So uh, here's the results. Fifty-three children at a median age of 11, and they they ranged from 4 to 22, received cannabidiol for a median duration of 66 days. So, you know, that's a pretty good amount of time. Mm -hmm. Self-injury and rage attacks... Improved in sixty seven point six percent and worsened in eight percent. Hyperactivity symptoms <clears throat> improved in sixty eight point four percent did not change in twenty eight point nine percent and worsened in two point six percent. Sleep problems improved in seventy one point four percent anxiety now how did they that now this is a Qualitative assessment of anxiety. In other words, was your kid less anxious? They're mm-hmm. not doing a validated screening tool, at least now that I can see. Right. Uh, improved in 47.1%. So uh, there could be bias, significant True. amount of bias, because oh, yeah. there's no placebo right. arm in this. Yeah. You know, particularly if the parents believed mm-hmm. that the cannabidiol would work, oh, the CBD is like it's magic. Really working great. Yeah. Then they will be biased to give you more positive results. Right adverse effects mostly somnolence and change in appetite were mild conclusion parents reported uh, reports suggest that cannabidiol may improve ASD comorbidity symptoms however the long term effects should be evaluated in large scale studies so that's where we are looks like maybe it'll help for some stuff it does not appear to be a cure you'll notice not one of these kids that they report were you know cured of their autism or that they you know their functional level increased um, uh, would they have reported that? Yes, I believe they would have. Yes. Okay, if they had some stunning result like that. So uh, I think that it's very interesting. If you're interested in trying this in your child with autism, just please don't do this on your own. Yes, you can buy it over the counter. Talk to your pediatrician about it. If they're intransigent about it, go find one that's a little more um, uh, well-read and see if uh, they're willing to work with you on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, because and the reason I say that is there was a, you know, a one in 10 of these kids actually got worse. And I don't know how worse they got. Well, so I want you oh, to have support point. from your from your pediatrician or your neurologist or whoever you're
5: working with. Well, and going when, back, going back to what you were saying earlier, though, that one in 10, that one may have was going to get worse anyway. Well, that's right. Yeah, which you just we don't, don't know. know. You just don't know. Because so we can't You can't say that the the medicine the, causes the good effects or the bad right, effects because we don't have a placebo
4: arm. right right. But these kinds of studies because there was a Two thirds of the kids seemed to get better, mm-hmm. and it was probably different. Two thirds got better on two thirds of different things. Think, you know right? what I'm saying? They sure, didn't sure. all. It wasn't two thirds of them got better on all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's enough to say. You know what? We need to do a double blind, yeah. placebo controlled study. Dig, uh, dig a little deeper with with very well-defined
5: um, endpoints. Right. You know? and, and, and I think breaking down those, those behavioral endpoints end and overall success is a good idea. Yep. Uh,
4: this, here's another one that's just from Global Pediatric Health, Autism Spectrum Disorder, and Cannabidiol. Have we seen this movie before? And this is uh, somebody saying... Let me get there. the free full text. Let me. There, I think this is just an opinion piece saying, you know what, we've been around this block before with hyperbaric oxygen and all this other stuff, and uh, we've been disappointed, so don't get your hopes up. I'm sure that's what they're saying. Yeah, let me read their conclusion. The use of CBD for clinical applications has gained increasing attention, given its lack of psychoactive properties, and in other words, it doesn't make you high, and potential benefits that have been noted in certain disease states, such as pediatric epilepsy. Absolutely, the drug of choice for certain refractory um, uh, pediatric, you know, seizure disorders mm-hmm. is CBD oil. Right. It's number one. So when people mm-hmm. say to me, "Well, CBD oil, does it work?" Well, what that, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Work for what? Mm-hmm. Does it cure cancer? No. Does it? Is it an excellent treatment for kids with refractory seizure disorder? Heck yes. yeah. 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 You know, again, do it with. Under the, uh, um, the auspices, hospital. you don't know what dose to give your kid. You don't know. Even, you no. you do not know, but your pediatrician will because there. No, no they will because there yeah. are FDA. Okay. Has um, the
3: FDA got involved with CBD? They okay. So that was, yes, not, that was my
4: question. Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> if if it's derived yeah. from hemp, yeah, they're not. Okay, so if it's derived from hemp... Because it's a natural product. CBD um, is not regulated by the FDA. It's now technically they, a supplement. They could yep. step yeah. in. They, they, yeah, they sell it as a nutritional supplement. Mm-hmm. Love if it's derived from cannabis sativa or cannabis indica, then yes. My fave, my fave. Yeah, then, then <laughs> it has to be extracted and the THC has to be removed mm-hmm. and purified. Or if it's synthesized mm-hmm. in the laboratory, either one of those... Then it's got to be, then it's then it's a controlled substance by the DEA and it can only be sold by prescription mm. through an FDA approved process. Know
3: your product. OK. Yeah. yeah. So
4: so your pediatrician will know the dose mm. because there is an FDA approved CBD product for refractory. I know that the FDA has at least gotten involved a part of it. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, we have we have medical marijuana in all 50 states. As long as you're willing to use marinol, you know, with dranabinol, dranabinol, it is a synthetic THC. Mm
3: -hmm. What the hell is a synthetic THC? It means
4: it's made in the lab, not extracted from the plant.
3: They can do that?
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's trivial. It really is trivial. That's wild. Synthesizing organic molecule molecules of that size in the lab is it, that what they uh,
3: did? Okay, this is this is a, another strange question. Is okay. that what they did with uh, fake weed back in the day, or is that just some underground okay, sin- garage crap? Cause- right, the, so the synthetic
4: marijuana is what you're talking about was were other um, cannabinoids? Okay, so cannabinoid this is a large group of of cannabis like. Molecules, right? Okay. Cannabidiol is one of them. Yeah. Tetrahydrocannabinol is another one. That's THC. I know about Tetra a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure you do, (laughs) being a rock star. Yeah, rock star, that's right. (laughs) But, um, you know, and there are other ones, and some of them uh, not only didn't prevent seizures, but caused seizures and stuff like that. But because they were a different molecule, they weren't regulated by the DEA. That was how they got around that. So if you take. You know, a, a banned molecule and mess with it. Now all of a sudden, it's a different molecule as far as the law is concerned, and you can sell it. You know, on on the open
3: market for a while until they catch on, and then they bust you again. Oh, I know they had a problem getting rid of it. Have they? Like, I I don't see. It I in that haven't seen stuff. it in ages. I only I, I do not advise any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, good.
4: Yeah, we don't either because no. <laughs> um, we have a whole. Th- spiel about street drugs, but, um, uh, I'll, I, well, you'll hear it before too long. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, they just says there's a paucity of literature supporting the clinical evidence for use of CBD and ASD, CBD and similar products remain a promising yet unproven intervention in the treatment of children with ASD. So that's just where they are. Okay. So, um, if it were a panacea, we'd already know. Mm-hmm. But it may have some use. But do it under the auspices of your treating uh, pediatrician, if you don't mind. Thank you very much. All right. Let's
5: Good question. Let's
4: do another. <clears throat> hey, Doctor Steve, I <clears throat> I had um. Squamous cell cancer two years ago. Oh my goodness! Gave me two sublethal doses of
5: cisplatin and additional radiation anyway. Well, hopefully there's some. neuropathy, <laughs> thyroid's dead. Colon has no peristaltic activity. Yeah. Does the
4: cisplatin continue to have cytotoxic damage in time? It's it appears that it's getting worse. Yeah. As far as the effects. Anyway, if you have any thoughts on that, okay. be a yeah, so cisplatin is a uh, chemotherapeutic drug, and it's well known to, uh, in some people to affect p- peripheral nerve fibers. When mm-hmm. I say peripheral nerve fibers, I'm talking about like in your feet and hands and, and stuff like that. And it will cause a thing called ke- uh, chemotherapy induced peripheral neuropathy. Now, he also has uh, the nerves going to his bowel have been affected. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would treat those things differently, okay? So that'll cause constipation and inability to just have a good bowel movement where you're, you know, actually voiding everything. Hmm. And uh, so if you will go to my website, because I have peripheral neuropathy myself, and go to my website at drsteve.com and then click on uh, For Neuropathy Sufferers. I've got a whole article on there on um, and nutritional supplements that we use every day in the cancer center, and a lot of it came from research, or I don't want to say research, but uh, information that I found uh, while, while researching uh, nutritional supplements that might be of some benefit in peripheral neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Because when I went to my neurologist, they said, well, you got neuropathy. We'll see you later. And um, I was not satisfied with that. So I just did some, and I'm not a real big, I mean, people have been listening to this show for ages, know that I'm not real big on nutritional supplements unless there's some reason for it. But I had a funny feeling that there might be um, a nutritional aspect to this neuropathy. And I was very, I was rewarded by several very positive studies, though none very conclusive either Mm -hmm. showing a number of nutritional supplements that can have some benefit in peripheral neuropathy so i give these to everybody now uh when they first start it, and uh uh, we don't have enough people to to tell if we're having a a huge effect or not but uh, i know for me it absolutely saved my ass because i my neuropathy got so bad that i couldn't stand up
5: straight in the shower and close my eyes when i was washing my hair well, but you also identified the one of the causes of your neuropathy, too, which helped. And he's kind of identified one of his causes of his neuropathy. Are you talking about the MTHFR gene, or what are you talking no, about? No, statins.
4: Oh, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I still have it, and I've been off statins for ages now. So, But, point. yeah, you no, know, you're right. Mine might have been statin-induced. His is chemotherapy-induced. Right. Both off That's of our point. drugs. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yes, these things can continue to progress for some time. The cisplatin isn't in your system anymore, but, uh, the uh, damage is done. Just think about it. Uh, think of, um, let me give you a good, uh, the best example I can real quick, uh, poison ivy. So when you, uh, encounter poison ivy, it might start on your wrist and then the next day it's halfway up your arm. And then, and then it's at your elbow, and then it's at your shoulder, okay? And that may happen over four or five days. And you think, oh, it's spreading. I'm scratching it, and it's spreading. That's not what's happening. Wow. What happened yeah. is y- you got the insult all at once, but at your wrist, you may have gotten, say, four parts per million. And then in your mid forearm, you got eight parts per mm. million. And then your elbow, you got 20. And then your shoulder, you got 40 or whatever. It might even be parts per billion. I don't know. But... Um, Uh, So the place that got the highest concentration is going to be affected first. And that may be the case with this uh, chemo-induced neuropathy, too, where, you know, the insult is felt greatest at the places that are most vulnerable. And then even though the the insult happened, it takes a while for the rest of it to kick in. But uh, the um, the nutritional supplements are things like um, glutamine. It's just an amino acid. What you're wanting to do, alpha-lipoic acid, is another one that's reasonably well studied. And there are others. Just go to my website. I've got a whole article there with citations and links to the PubMed articles where you can read it yourself. And um, I took a cocktail of those because I was desperate to get some relief and took all, you know, I took all four of them at once. And that really seemed to accelerate the improvement for me. Now, that's anecdotal evidence, isn't it? I'm just saying it worked for me. I'm not saying it'll work for anybody else. But I could not stand up in the shower and close my eyes and wash my hair without falling down. Now I can spin around, dance, beat off, do whatever I want to with my eyes closed and no problem. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, so I might have gotten better anyway. So that's why we're looking always for more placebo controlled double blind mm-hmm. studies for this kind of thing. But um look at that if you have any questions email me mm-hmm. at um uh, uh, weird medicine at com, or just click, you know, you know what, forget that. Go to drsteve.com and click contact and just ignore the warnings and email us through
5: there. Some other things he may try though, maybe a little manual techniques. Yep. You know, yep. S- sometimes just manual stimulation from physical therapy, tinge units, you know, acupuncture, et cetera, yeah, maybe yoga, so. stuff like that might be able to help him a little bit with his colon moving. Possibly. Oh yeah! Oh, the colon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's Speaking talk about specifically that specifically. Colon. Yeah. Yeah. So the osteopaths
4: have a maneuver for stimulating the colon yes. to move. You could see an osteopath. Yes, you could try acupuncture. It's yeah. not going to hurt. Yeah. Physical therapy. I'd like to see some data on that mm. one, but I'm sure that there. You know, if if the uh, man, spinal manipulation will actually improve. Mm. Uh, what we call ileus or a Mm -hmm. paralyzed bowel, Mm -hmm. then I could see that acupuncture might as well. The other thing is there's a new drug on the market called Percalipride, and it's sold under the trade name of Motegrity, and it is an actual bowel stimulant. We haven't had one of these since a drug called Zelnorm was taken off the market about 15 years ago. Maybe it was longer than that. Zelnorm was a great drug. It was called Cisopride, but it caused a weird... Uh, you know heart rhythm oh, in, yeah. in a very small minority of people but enough to for it to be taken off the market this prucalopride doesn't do that hmm. and you can just take it every day and it just induces a normal bowel movement so for people with just a bowel that's just, just flabby, flabby yeah. um i w- i would consider this prucalopride mm-hmm. okay. so so you can ask your primary care about that and if you just heard this in passing and uh, you didn't get to write it down and you your memory sucks like mine does just email me uh, and we'll uh, I'll get you the information on that all right we got about a minute left I don't know if we got time to do anything uh, We didn't play a song this time we'll play one next time we need to come up with something. Maybe I'll play keyboards on that even.
5: all right cool uh, my fuzz pedal.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bring a pedal, and we'll figure. I, I, I might. Uh, do you have a little preamp? That
3: uh... actually, I think I do. Okay. Uh, if you don't, dark, I... will a DI work? Yeah. Yeah. I got. I got all that stuff. Okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fine. Okay. So we'll do that. So um, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Uh, always go to uh, Dr. Scott and uh, Cody Gilmer. Check out Cody's uh, band, Indie Ghost, on Spotify or. At Indie Ghost Band on Twitter, can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Paul Charsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Ron Bennington, and Fez Wally, whose early support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show. On the Faction Talk channel, Sirius XM, channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks go to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, and get off your asses and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine.